Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Cecilia Lay, and this is Fifth Emission. We all had our lifelines during the pandemic. FaceTimes with friends, Netflix marathon sessions, long walks with our dogs, you know, sourdough bread. For many LGBTQ youth, though, that lifeline was a social media platform that mostly eludes older generations. TikTok. You might think of those annoying choreographed dance videos, But for LGBTQ youth, TikTok was something else, a safe space to explore their identities and find community during the isolation of the pandemic. We're going to hear from someone who found that community, Cass Davis, a 19-year-old who found their unique voice as a queer content creator on TikTok. First, I'm joined by Malevika Kunin, who just wrapped her reporting internship at The Chronicle, where she wrote about youth culture and identity. She's a rising sophomore at Stanford University, and she wrote about how LGBTQ Gen Zers turned to TikTok during the pandemic. Malavika, I'm probably what they call a geriatric millennial, but I'm proud to say that I know what TikTok is. I've wasted a lot of time on the platform. But why don't we help out the folks that aren't as clued in? What is TikTok? Right. So TikTok is one of the biggest social media apps among Gen Z. I think to me, it sometimes feels like like the the beating heart of Gen Z culture. It's where a lot of trends, a lot of slang, a lot of like music and like aesthetics are kind of generated. And it has a lot of users. So it actually has 689 million active global users right now. And it's especially taken off over quarantine. I think when people have been like looking for a place to find community and entertainment as the rest of the world shuts down. So it's like short little snappy videos, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 15 and 60 second videos that like oftentimes like sound like just like one big inside joke, like sometimes riffing off of the same trends and the same music videos over and over and people can get pretty creative with them. Obviously, during the pandemic, many of us turned to virtual online spaces for a sense of connection while we were all quarantined from each other. Why has TikTok been particularly important for LGBTQ youth? Yeah, for many reasons, I think TikTok has really emerged as almost like a lifeline for queer youth, especially at a time when a lot of them have been deprived of typical support systems that they might find at school with their like in-person friends. Many have been like found, found themselves quarantined in unsupportive environments or really just places where they can't be affirmed and surrounded by other queer people. And we've seen that that's had like like market impacts on um, young people's mental health. Like just recently, like a Trevor Project, um, which is a crisis hotline for LGBTQ youth, released some data that showed that like 42% of LGBTQ respondents in the U.S. unfortunately considered suicide in the past year. And this was almost half for transgender and non-binary youth, which is really hard and sad to hear because a lot of young people especially queer young people need affirmation and care. And that's something that's hard to get during the pandemic. But I think the upside is that TikTok has really emerged as a place where young people can continue exploring their identities, um, affirming themselves, acknowledging themselves, um, continuing to explore their identities in a way that might not have been possible otherwise. 
before we talk about some of the people you spoke to for your story, can you tell us a little bit about the kind of content that would be really sort of the safe space that you've described for LGBTQ youth? What does that look like? What does that sound like? Yeah, I think something that's like honestly funny and sometimes scary about the TikTok algorithms is how good they are at pinpointing exactly who you are. So like within like a month of using TikTok, I as a queer person was getting like inundated with like jokes about what it is to be like the TikTok term is like sapphic, like after Sappho, like a woman who is into other women. It's been like really interesting to see like kind of the aesthetics and jokes that propagate, for example, like signs that you can tell like a young person is bisexual. Do they cuff their jeans? Do we all carry the same tote bags? Do we all like stomp around in Doc Martens when we go outside? And I think it's been really interesting to see that kind of community building and shared aesthetics and jokes coming up. Like another like viral TikTok sensation that was really fascinating was a young woman actually created a viral Google Doc known as the Lesbian Master Doc to help young women understand if they were lesbian or otherwise um, and kind of like think past like some sort of compulsive heteronormativity. I mean, there are jokes. It's, it's honestly just so affirming to see like just happy queer influencers, like people living in up in like different family situations to see like like really intense analysis of queer film to see people putting out basically 60 second like think pieces and TED talks about their lived experiences. So I think there's definitely something in it for everyone. I love that you've described it as mini TED Talks because it, d- it definitely does feel that way. Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the TikTok creators that you spoke to in your story? Yeah, so I was super lucky to get to speak to one super cool person named Cass Davis. I am Cass, Cass Davis. I am 19 years old. But they are better known to their almost 60,000 TikTok followers as at Upper Cassman. And their TikTok page like, is absolutely hilarious and super creative. They post things like comedy sketches, guitar songs performed in drag, a lot of queer content and jokes. Lesbian frog, frog, lesbian, lesbian frog, gay frog. A, I, I would say it's, it's a non-binary theater lesbian with ADHD just does whatever they want. Um, if you like musical theater, if you want to get into musical theater, if you like original music. Am I still gay if I'm attracted to myself with a mustache? Comedy question mark. Like, sometimes I doubt whether I'm funny. Um, I'm here for a good time. That's, that's what I'm here for. So um, it's absolutely random. <laughs> and um, I got to speak to them about like what caused them to turn to TikTok over the pandemic and like build their platform. And they told me that like they have like always been a pretty creative person. Like in college, they were able to get affirmation in their queer identity through the theater program. But when that was taken away by the pandemic, TikTok then became the place to build a community, to continue performing, to continue like expressing themselves. Um, especially because at the time their family didn't really know about their identity or the fact that they were trans. And um TikTok not only became a place for them to like perform their queerness to the affirmation of others, but to also understand themselves. I never thought that I'd become the creator that I became. You know, once I actually started being open about the queer aspects of my identity on TikTok, I found a lot of support. People would, um, like younger queer people would reach out to me and they would be like, I'm struggling with this, or I wanted to ask you about this. And what was your experience like with this? Um, I was not very open about my age because I was afraid of not being taken seriously, but I was 17 at the time. And so 
there would be folks who were just a couple years younger than me asking, well, how do I come out? And I'm like, I'm like, this is, that's, that's a lot. And that's your own personal decision. But I was, you know, I was messaging just absolute strangers who would just, you know, pop into my messages and be like, I just need support. And I'd be like, I absolutely, you have my support. Like a really fascinating thing that I've been seeing on TikTok is um, a real questioning of gender and the gender binary. A lot of, a lot of young people um, using they, them pronouns. I think I would, I would see a direct correlation to TikTok, like causing more people to like, like really critically analyze like where they fall on the on the gender spectrum and that was something that Cass Davis told me that actually when they started using they them pronouns their TikTok followers were the first ones to affirm them and to like to call them by their correct pronouns so it was really just a really good opportunity for them to get to continue exploring themselves despite the real world being shut down I feel like even in yeah even in fictional media there's there's this kind of there's this sort of this this theme of like the gay kid who's alone in the universe. Like they have absolutely no support and they're like the only one and da 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 da. But it turns out there's like hundreds, thousands of other people who have the same relationship with their gender and sexuality and just identity in general that I do. And we talk about it and maybe they have this dis- different aspect and I get to hear about that and learn about that. And like sometimes people are just are just very rude but as long as like you kept keep an open mind it's just it's it's phenomenal that kind of that kind of mutual support we'll be right back you can support fit the mission and the newsroom that creates it by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the san francisco chronicle app This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So what about finding community online for queer youth of color, for example? You mentioned some of these issues around cultural appropriation. Is TikTok a great space for them? What, what's been their experience during the pandemic? I think that like queer youth of color like are some of like the most creative and resilient young people to exist on the internet. And like they are continuing to make spaces for themselves. I think that as in many situations, young people of color are not always the first ones to be centered. I spoke to a young person named Anu who is 20 years old. They're non-binary. They're South Asian. And they said that at first they didn't feel very seen. In fact, felt kind of invalidated when they were on the queer side of TikTok because they were just seeing a lot of straight or a lot of queer white people and their aesthetics and their performance of gender. And I think that like, especially when we talk about things like gender, that varies so much between cultural communities. So for example, like being able to be perceived as gender fluid is very different when you're white than if you're like, a person of color who may be maybe coded or viewed in a certain way um, outside of your control, or you may feel excluded from certain from certain narratives or aesthetics. Um, and they, for example, um, Anu actually told me that like they thought that at first their algorithms just didn't realize that they were brown. But um, I think something that has been really interesting is to see that queer youth of color continue to like take up space on this app 
even if they maybe are not going to be like broadcasted or achieve mainstream success, they are making content for one another. Like, like these countercultures thrive and exist and like discourse like continues to flower on the app, which I think is, is really nice and inspiring. And I would imagine for some queer youth of color, maybe being locked down with their families could be a very unsafe space, especially if they're not out to their families. Uh, did did was that the experience of some of the people that you talked to? For sure, I I think that like the experience of um, being quarantined with family members, maybe not necessarily who are unsupported, but maybe might just not understand, or for whatever reason they don't feel ready to come out yet. I also I also think that based on what I what I've seen and heard that sometimes like people just need time and space to explore their identities, and that's not something you can get. If you're staying at home with your family, like no matter how wonderful and supportive they are. So I think that's definitely that's definitely been a thing. I think that like a a large part of the queer youth experience is that like accumulating of life experience, that coming of age moment, like that independence. And I think it's been unfortunate that a lot of people have felt that they've lost that for the past the past year and a half, Um, especially those who have been living at home or haven't had a chance to get out of the house because of the pandemic. But um, I mean, I think that with the Bay Area reopening, there's a real silver lining there. Like Anu, who I spoke to for the story, said they're really excited. They're going to be a junior now at UC Berkeley. They were a freshman when the pandemic hit. And they're excited to just kind of pick up where they left off, um, but not quite where they left off because they have been able to continue learning and growing through the pandemic, often with tools like TikTok and the Internet. I know that you yourself, you've been an active proponent of representation in the media you're an impressive writer who's covered issues of identity for major publications, not just the San Francisco Chronicle, but for Teen Vogue and BuzzFeed. And you've even written a young adult novel. So, you know, thinking about the ways that you look at these issues, now that we're all going back in person and meeting, you know, in real life, do you think the online space will continue to serve the Gen Z community? This this isn't just about the pandemic, right? Not at all. I think that I feel optimistic about reopening because I think that the pandemic has been a chance, particularly for Gen Z, to do a lot of like serious soul searching and identity formation. I do think that the COVID-19 pandemic will go down as one of like the most radicalizing and awakening moments in our collective consciousness. Like we're all pretty young, but we've seen systems failing. We've seen systems challenged in the past year. And I feel optimistic that like a lot of like the discourse and the confidence that folks have been able to build online will translate into continued continued action. Something that I've I've actually noticed is that, and I, I would attribute this to TikTok, at least anecdotally, is like a, a much greater like um level of conversation about, like, for example, race among my generation. I think especially in the aftermath of last summer's Black Lives Matter protests and the outpouring of discourse on social media. I remain cautiously optimistic that people like are going to like continue talking about that and and bring those changes post pandemic. And I've also seen just more and more young people that I follow on social media, like coming out, like living authentically and queerly. And I think that like this opportunity for all of us to like envision, to meditate on, to think about an alternative world while we've had all this time to ourselves. I really hope that we can put it into practice once things open up again. Well, Malavika, I really loved your story because I think, you know, especially for older generations, it might be easy to just dismiss TikTok as a distraction, but you've really highlighted a very important space for for youth. And so thank you for talking through your story with me. Thank you so much for having me. 
I'd like to thank my guests, Malevika Cunnan and Cass Davis, for joining me today. You can find Malevika's story about LGBTQ youth and TikTok at sfchronicle.com. And check out Cass's content on TikTok. Their account is at Upper Cassman. That's Upper C-A-S-M-A-N. Special thanks to King Kaufman for his help with the episode and to you for listening.